Welcome into the Fantasy Football Fathers, where only one of us is an actual father and none of us are priests. My name is James Dreer. I'm joined here by Tyler Big Herbie Herbot. What up? And Trey Stinky Fingers Jose. How you doing, folks? Today, today we are going to go through every single matchup, uh, tell you who we think you should start and sit, uh, and then we'll give you our big starts of the week at the very end. Uh, make sure you give us a like, a follow, a sub, a notifications turned on. Uh, you can find us at the FF Fathers on Twitter, um, and you can listen to this anywhere, including Apple Podcasts. Correct? That is totally correct. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's get uh, right into the first matchup. Of course, Thursday night football. The Los Angeles Rams heading to Seattle. Uh, should be a good game. The Rams are a two and a half point favorite. The over under is 54 and a half points. So expected to be a high scoring game. Let's see. Carson did not practice today. Um, if he is out, do you consider Alex Collins a must start? I would totally say so. I'm really curious what Irby thinks, though, because he's the local Seahawks guy. <laughs> um, honestly, I don't think you'll have to make that decision. Chris Carson should be good to go. Pete, Par- Pete Carroll came out today and said that uh, apparently this neck thing has been an ongoing issue for Chris Carson. It's been there for like years, and like sometimes it just flares up, and most times he's good to go. So it's probably not an issue, um, but if Alex Collins does get the start for whatever reason, I think he is a must-start. Um, especially if he's your handcuff. If he's your handcuff, you're absolutely starting him. Uh, surprisingly enough, the Rams' defense has not been great this year compared to last year, um, and there's you know points to be had. Yeah, they're giving up 19.8 fantasy points a week to the running back position, so um, definitely want to figure out who's going, if Carson's going to be healthy or not, because Alex Collins, I think you can definitely start if he's not. Um are you guys worried about the Seahawks receivers going against Ramsey, Jalen Ramsey? Um. um, I don't know, man. Like last year, Jalen was on DK uh, for both games for most of them and held DK to pretty small yards combined. DK had eight catches for 87 yards over the course of the two games. Uh, the one game you DK was visibly frustrated throughout the entire game. Um, but for some reason, I don't know if DK has a different mindset this year, but he picked up two quick personal fouls like in the first two weeks, and after that, he's like, I'm not going to get another one this year. So I think he has a new mindset, and I kind of have a feeling that DK is going to get his way this this time around. I can go along with that. Maybe it's a different mindset for Ramsey, too, after getting completely uh, destroyed by Renfro in their joint training camp session. <laughs> yeah, uh, Renfro with, on, with that China route that he's introducing to the league and, and cooper cup is stealing yeah well a lot of a lot of players are going to steal that yeah it's, and it was a copycat league it's nothing's ever new for more than a week um ram side of the ball you're starting probably all the receivers um definitely starting daryl henderson and matthew stafford yeah for sure uh stafford's a must start henderson's a must start uh, if you were a little wary about robert woods don't be uh you're playing a really terrible seahawks defense 
I think they're all going to, you know, get theirs this week. Yeah, I basically agree with that. Seattle's a bad defense. One of the main defenses you can really just play your whoever you got against them. Uh, let's move on here to the New York Jets taking on the Atlanta Falcons, the London game. Uh, 6.30 a.m. kickoff Pacific time. Dang, that sucks for us Pacificers. Um, but... Uh, the Atlanta Falcons are a three and a half point favorite. The over under is 45 points right now. Uh, New York jets are quietly allowing fifth fewest points to QBs, probably because most teams are running the ball on them once they go up by three scores. Uh, but, um, let's start on the Jets side of the ball. Uh, Corey Davis, a must start right now. You guys think? Um, I, I think you do start him like with, just because of his usage, but Jameson Crowder being back in the mix is like a huge deal. I think like, he's just a, a major target monster. And I mean, Braxton Berrios had 20 targets over the first three weeks before Crowder came back. So, you know, the, the targets are already there in the position that Crowder plays and he traditionally gets like 13 targets a game. That's just like his career average. It feels like the last couple of years. So Jameson Crowder is probably better than him, but you still start, um, Corey Davis, I think. Yeah, Corey Davis is going to get his. He clearly, clearly already has a you know a rapport with Zach Wilson. That's the one thing that makes me slightly hesitant about Crowder because even though yes he is a killer across the middle of the field, he hasn't played with Zach Wilson yet, not in a, in a real game. We don't know where that connection is going to be at at this point. But he's throwing that ball to Braxton Berrios twenty one or twenty times in the first three games. So obviously you're going to throw it to Crowder at least yeah. the same amount. Crowder's going to take those targets. I, yeah, but I think that could be just a connection thing, like where they they know where each other's going to be, and you know that comes with with time, repetition, and and you know practice. And if you haven't had that with Crowder yet, you could be missing out on a, on a few of those targets. Yeah. Um... Back to Corey Davis. I mean, I I definitely would start Corey Davis uh, this week. I think he's a good flex wide receiver three option. Um, who else? Uh, anyone else on the Jets that you would even consider starting right now? Well, just to round out that whole conversation Besides about Crowder, just to round out the conversation about Jamison Crowder, uh, his first game back with Zach Wilson had nine targets, seven catches, one touchdown, sixty yards. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah, the other. That was pretty good. <laughs> I'm on the side of Jameson Crowder is going to be pretty heavily involved going forward. Right. But I mean, that was so that was still the same way of last week. Corey Davis, granted, only seven targets, but had 111 yards and a touchdown himself. Yeah. So do you think they are, they're both viable starts? Yeah, at this yeah. point. I, I, but I think it's going to like transition slowly where Jameson Crowder is really just going to eventually end up with the most targets on that team. But I guess Corey Davis will probably get the yards, right, probably, since he's yeah, not playing Corey, the slot. Corey Davis is going to get the air yards. Um, he's like the outside receiver one type, right? And Jameson Crowder's the slot guy. Um, I think both are start-worthy, but that's where I would end on the Jets side of the ball. Um, Atlanta, Calvin Ridley, you're starting. Um, Cordell Patterson, you're starting. Um He's been awesome. Mike Davis? I think you do. Irby's shaking his head right now, so obviously he <laughs> disagrees with me. I think you start Mike Davis because I got a feeling like the game script is going to be in their favor, hopefully. And I don't know, for some reason, my gut feeling is like the fact that you travel so far, you're going to lean on the run game with everyone being jet lagged. But history doesn't really say that because all of those games have been like over 50 points total the last like seven years. 
But I, I think he's going to have a lot of rushing uh, rushing carries, and hopefully that just results in garbage time points. Yeah, it's hard for me to agree with that when like Cordell Cordell Patterson is taking so many of his carries and looks away. Um, I would be hard pressed to start Mike Davis this week unless something happens to Cordell Patterson. Honestly, uh, what about uh, Matt Ryan? Obviously, bit of a rocky start to the beginning of the year, but last week against Washington, he had. 29 fantasy points uh completed 25 of his 42 attempts 283 yards but had four touchdowns on the day um i think you can stream matt ryan this week against a bad jets defense you see i would i completely agree with that except for some reason matt ryan seems to do the opposite of what everyone thinks he's going to do in these situations um so knowing him he's going to throw an absolute dud of a game um i if I, I mean, I think you could stream him, but I would lean another route just because I have a weird thing with Matt Ryan at this point. Yeah, I'm just going to flat out say sit him with um, just just with the Jets allowing the fifth mo- fifth least amount of points to the quarterbacks, um, and it's Matt Ryan. He's so inconsistent. I've always avoided him in fantasy situations, and he's traveling overseas. It's just you could probably find a better option. Um, that's probably it on the Falcons side. Obviously, Cordell Patterson a must start at this point for me um would you guys start russell gage i mean you think matt ryan's gonna score touchdowns so obviously someone's gonna catch him yeah. besides cordero patterson but calvin really exists um i not to mention kyle pitts who's putting up a kyle couple pitts. yeah i'm saying no i'm still off the no. gauge train yeah <laughs> i was asking that for myself <laughs> and pitts you know where you drafted him you're probably gonna start him in and hope he produces. I love how we're like we're doing this. We're giving advice to you guys, and then we're getting fantasy intel from each other as we're going along. <laughs> yeah. Also, yeah, yeah, we're we're in two leagues together. If you guys ha- haven't realized by now, so we're definitely getting little tidbits from each other. But don't worry, I, I don't. I keep my information to myself. I'll share it with you guys. Um, quick question cost. though, because Pitts has been obviously underwhelming um, on the year. Um. Are you considering, you know, would you start um, Schultz over Kyle Pitts if you're able to pick him up this week? Yeah, I would. Schultz has a great matchup this week, so uh, I would definitely get Schultz over Pitts. Um, maybe even almost week in, week out going forward, but for this week, for sure. Yeah, at this point, that's definitely what you want to do. You want someone who's going to get you just a consistent, like at least eight or something, because Kyle Pitts is so just inconsistent. But with like the ceiling that he has, you have to hold on to him. Just put him on your bench and start someone who's actually consistent right now. Like Tyler Higby, would you start Higby over Pitts? Uh, that one's actually tough because Higby's, you know, he like the last Higby. two weeks has been good, but the first couple weeks were not great. Um, so it's tough. You know, the one thing I do like about Pitts, though, is that he is getting pretty consistent target share. Outside of week three, he's averaging about eight targets a game. So that's a really good target share for, for most tight ends. Um, he's just not scoring touchdowns and not getting a huge yardage, but I think that will come with time. Yeah, I mean, uh, eventually he's going to fall into the end zone, right? So uh, still hasn't scored a, a touchdown on the season. Well, those those are stats I'm looking for if I'm looking for a tight end to stream. It's like yeah. targets like that, and then without even putting in his physical profile and all the hype from the offseason, I mean, obviously his points are going to come for sure. Uh, moving on, let's move to the Denver Broncos taking on the Pittsburgh Steelers. This one's in Pittsburgh. 
Uh, the Steelers are one and a half point favorites right now. The over under is thirty nine and a half points. Uh, I haven't seen an over under under forty in a while. Um, so obviously books are thinking that this is going to be a low scoring game, which usually doesn't stowed well for fantasy. Um, so let's start, uh, on the Denver side of the ball. Uh, are we worried about Cortland Sutton with Drew Locke at quarterback? Honestly? Yeah, I am. Um, I mean the connection we, cause Cortland Sutton would miss most of the preseason, uh, the connections we saw that Drew Locke did have uh, was with Judy and Tim Patrick. I, I don't know what kind of, kind of connection he has with Sutton at this point, and against a decent you know Pittsburgh pass rush where they're not going to give Locke a ton of time. Plus, I wouldn't be surprised if they blitz the absolute fuck out of him. Um, I'd be worried about that all day long. Yeah, with any change at quarterback, you always got to monitor what's going on with the receivers. And Irby hit the nail on the head. Really, like the chemistry is probably not there and. I wouldn't start him this game. Just you just got to see what's going on between their chemistry. Yeah, you probably have some other options, um, and I would probably look to pivot. Uh, Denver running backs. Uh, are we taking a shot on anyone? <laughs> okay, apparently Irby's not going to. I, I am. I want to take a shot on Javante Williams. Just honestly, just like a shot in the dark, kind of like a Isn't this like three shot. weeks in a row you're taking a shot on Javante Williams? <laughs> yeah, but it's kind of, it's like weirdly Never working done. out in a way. I mean, he's, he's, not the, he's not the best, but his floor is definitely there. And like, did you guys see that 31-yard run he had? It was nasty, man. He was a mean runner on that yeah, run. Yeah, that was like beastquake-ish. Obviously not nearly as awesome, but I mean, you see something like that, especially if you're on the Broncos, why would they not try to give him the ball more? Um, I, God, I just... I'm starting him out of faith, yeah, and the fact that he keeps producing in a weird way. Yeah, I think you can probably flex him and hope he gets into the end zone. Um, he's playing about half of the snaps. Last week was actually his least amount of attempts on the ground uh, by quite a bit, but you can expect him to get you know 10 to 12 touches, I think, week to week, uh, and, and possibly a little bit of receiving work. Four targets last week, three this week. Uh, which is good to see. So um, I think you can flex him. He's definitely trending up right now. I'm just curious if they're going to really like force Gordon to stay in the mix. Yeah, um, I mean, I'm against Javante this week. Uh, it's not a great matchup for him, but I'm a big Javante Williams believer. That's why he's on my team. Um, I expect him to still take over this lead role. I just don't like it being this week. Uh, on the pit side, uh, Najee Harris is a must start. Um what about the receivers, though? For me, I kind of only like Deontay Johnson at this point. And because he's really good at football, one. But two, um, he's that playmaker type. He can, you know, get manufactured touches at the line of scrimmage and make something happen. But Big Ben also looks to target him a lot. And he's also been struggling to get the ball accurately downfield to chase Claypool. Um, what do you guys think? I, I really think the only one you can start is Deontay Johnson. I mostly agree with you on that one. Um, I think chase Claypool is like creeping into like startable territory. Um, you saw last week when, when he was out, Juju um, took most of the targets in his place, and he did not produce at all. So if you're on Juju's side really hoping he's going to pull through, it's really trending down. 
and bad for him, especially in that Pittsburgh receiver room. I think, like you said, Deontay Johnson's the obvious number one, and Claypool's going to be the second behind him, and Juju's going to kind of fade into the mix, and he might have a couple good games this year. I'm I'm pretty much giving up on Juju at this point. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more with the Juju situation. I mean, I don't know what happened to him in the last, you know, year-ish or so, whatever happened, because, like, TikTok. two years... <laughs> too much TikTok could be. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. Like, it's crazy how far how far he's fallen. Um, but other than that, yeah, Johnson, you you're probably gonna start. The target share is just always gonna be there for him. Um, oddly enough, the Denver Broncos defense have a really weird stat for fantasy wise, where they're ranked like 16th or 17th against receivers for points given up, but only but they're ranked second for quarterbacks, which is a really odd correlation. I'm not really sure why that is. Um, if they're just really good against like covering up running backs and tight ends and everything's going to the outside, I'm not sure. But it's a really weird correlation. So if that is the case, I think you can could be giving up uh, rushing yards to quarterbacks. But I'm not, maybe I can't re- really recall who. Well, the, no, no, they're really good against quarterbacks, but middle of the pack against oh, receivers okay. is what it is. The opposite. So it was kind of weird. Um, but that might actually bode well towards Deontay Johnson because they like to give him so many like, you know, quick throws, screen screen throws, things like that. So that could bode well towards Deontay Johnson's favor. You could literally start Deontay Johnson and have him get zero yards. You're going to get six points from him in a half PPR league. Like that's how many <laughs> targets he's getting. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. Um, yeah, that, that does it for that. Let's move on to the next one. Detroit Lions taking on the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, Vikings are eight-point favorites right now. Over-under is 49. Um, starting on the Minnesota side of the ball, uh, I think Kirk Cousins is a must-start this week. Uh, we'll talk about him a little bit later, possibly. Uh, but... What about the receivers, uh, Thielen, Jefferson, K.J. Osborne? Uh, K.J., if you're in a pinch, um, I think you're more likely to see you know consistent production from K.J. than you are uh, Tyler Conklin at this point. But uh, for sure, you know, Jefferson and Thielen, they're always going to get theirs week in, week out, especially against a defense like this. So... You know, that could end up being KJ gets a long touchdown, which really was what made him fantasy productive the first couple weeks. So, yeah, I think I think you could probably still, you know, flex KJ if you need him. Uh, the running backs, Dalvin Cook, supposed to be back this week. Um, but he did sit out on Wednesday. So, but that's kind of uh, traditional. I mean, Wednesday is usually kind of an off day um, for guys that are questionable, but. Um, obviously if he's playing, you're starting him. Um, but if he's not Alexander Madison, you're starting for sure. Oh yeah, definitely. Why, why was Dalvin cook out? Why am I forgetting this? Um, he has a low ankle sprain, which is one of those ones that like, they, they just tend to linger longer than high ankle sprains do. So like they're kind of always present. I'm actually, obviously you're probably gonna start Dalvin cook, but I'd be tempering expectations this week. Excuse me. Um, I, it's one of these games that feels like Minnesota can get out to a big lead, and then yeah. and then the Vikings will be like, "Hey, Dalvin, you s- sit on side. Let's rest you because like you're still kind of you know limping along here, and let's give the ball to Matheson who or Madison who is clearly a very good back when he gets the chance to." Yeah, um, <clears throat> yeah. Dalvin Cook only played forty nine percent of snaps last week. Uh, Madison was in for thirty two percent. 
Um, had 10 carries for 20 yards, so it wasn't great when he was out there. But obviously the week before he came through uh, when he was the guy with Dalvin Cook out. So uh, definitely keep an eye on, on injury reports going forward through the, throughout the week. Uh, but what about the Detroit side? Anyone you like on the Detroit or anyone some people should should consider sitting? I don't know. I mean, it seems like the only guy you can consistently consider playing is DeAndre Swift. So I have a question for you guys, like against this defense and them going to you know, probably be behind. Is DeAndre Swift an absolute starter for you? Is he a flex player? Are you sitting him this week? I think Swift's a must start in my opinion. Um, I think he'll he'll bounce back this week. I know he was getting hyped up a lot by uh, uh, good old kneecaps. Matt Campbell. <laughs> but uh, um, Dan Campbell. That could have been a oh, – shit, you're right, Dan <laughs> Campbell. One of those Campbell soups. Um, that could have been a press ploy. But I, I think uh, DeAndre honestly has the potential this week to get a lot of targets through the air. Um, he's been pretty consistent in the passing game. And I think, like you said, Detroit's going to be playing from behind this week. I think, uh, Deandre could get some good looks in the air, um, and, 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 uh, get some points that way. So, um, I like Deandre Swift a lot. I like him, but not nearly as much as you guys. Jamal Williams is creeping his way into the picture. We keep talking about it and his usage is increasing every single week. The only like really upside like for DeAndre Swift at this point for me is his receiving, and um, Jamal Williams doesn't really seem to be eating into that. So I do like DeAndre Swift for that reason. So I do like him this week. But you got to keep an eye on Jamal Williams. His carries are increasing every week, and in week one he had nine targets and eight catches. So obviously they'll throw the ball to him. They don't like to recently, but I mean Jamal Williams is in the picture. It's it's it'd make me really iffy if I was a Swift uh, uh, manager. I think Swift was dealing with that groin last week, and that might be why he got more attempts on the ground. Um, yeah, I mean, all of, all of enough are actually both dealing with groin injuries right now. Um, I, this kind of seems like one of those situations where they're going to roll with whoever has the hot hand for that day, and that means that it could be hit or miss week in and week out on who you could start. Um, I think DeAndre Swift is the guy you're more likely to go with week in and week out, but there's certainly be games where Jamal Williams absolutely outpaces him and. Yo, in stats. I think we'd all agree, though. It's not this game. Probably going to be DeAndre Swift. Probably going to be yeah, DeAndre Swift. I think it's. I think it's going to be a good game for Swift. Um, Hawkinson, you're starting, um, but no other receivers. No, let's take a moment of silence for Tyrell Williams and all the potential <laughs> he had this year and why he's on IR right now. Let's not. Uh, moving on <laughs> to the Green Bay Packers taking on the Cincinnati Bengals. <laughs> Uh, in Cincy, um, Green Bay Packers are three point favorites. The over under is 51 points. Uh, Mixon's looking like he's going to be out for the game. Um, how do you guys feel about Samaje P. Ryan with Mixon being out? Just from like past experience with. Is it Samaj P. Ryan? Have I been saying it wrong this whole time? Yeah, it's P. Ryan. P. Ryan. Yeah. Okay. Well, how were you saying it? Samaj P. Ryan. <laughs> P. Ryan. Or like Perine. Perini. Perine. You know? I don't know. Maybe it's like like uh, some sort of nice Chardonnay, you know? But like just my past experience with him, like when he was on the Jets, like he is 
I don't know. What, like, what's really promising about him is has the fact that he's going to get a lot of these touches. Like, he might get a lot of the touches, but how do you know he's really going to be productive? Because there was plenty of times when he's on the Jets where he was slated to get all those touches, and I don't think he's ever really produced for anyone. Yeah, um, I think, you know, if you're the mix owner, you can start him um, because you are probably don't have a ton of options. But um, I would definitely, if you're not the mix manager and you're looking to start him over one of your other running backs, I would definitely – um, temper your expectations because uh, r- the rookie Chris Evans uh, could definitely get some work here. I know they've been trying to work him in a little bit, um, and they like him. So, Tyler, any thoughts? Yeah, and Trey, sorry, but I think you are confusing him. He's never played for the Jets. Um, he's played for Cincinnati, Miami, and Washington. His first year in Washington was the year he showed some some real uh, – you know, promise. Uh, there's that. I'm, if I remember correctly, he's the one who has this crazy story of like this. He came up on this woman like on the park in a parking lot who was like stuck underneath her car, and he deadlifted this car off of her. Um, oh, <laughs> crazy, crazy, weird story like that. But um, I do agree. I don't think he's a must start. I think if he was your handcuff for Mixon, you do start him. Um, but I am worried about the rookie taking away a bunch of the carries in this game. I'm just going to slip into obscurity here. <laughs> um, the receivers for Cincinnati, Jamar Chase, uh, start for sure. Uh, what about the other guys, though? T. Higgins is back practicing. Um, do we like either Tyler Boyd or T. Higgins, or do we wait and see T. Higgins if he's fully healthy? I think, in my opinion, if T. Higgins is active and playing, I, I would consider – benching him this week uh just to see if he's fully back or not he already missed two weeks but uh could be lingering um what about you guys tyler boyd yeah i like tyler boyd he's starting to be a little consistent now his uh output isn't crazy but his his floor is like hovering around like 10 points at this point and so he's definitely like worthy of a flex if you need him to be yeah i'm a Tyler Boyd, like, I'm a kind of a fanboy of his. He did me really good in, like, three years in a row in fantasy. And I hate that he's kind of gotten pushed to the third spot in the depth chart because I think he's more talented than T. Higgins is. But and I think, like you said, until T. Higgins shows he's fully back, I'm definitely going with Tyler Boyd. Uh, on the Packers' side of the ball, Aaron Rodgers, go ahead and start. Um, Devontae Adams, um, Aaron Jones. Should we start Devontae Adams? <laughs> <laughs> Um, really the only question here, I guess, um, would be big Bob Tunyon. Um, is he still worth that tight end stream? I'm going off of statistics here cause I have not seen a lot of Packers film in the last couple of weeks, but it seems like he, his targets are dropping and, um, all of the red zone targets, which is where Bob Tunyon operates, uh, seem to be going like running backs and tight ends this season. I don't know if that trend is really going to change. I'm curious what you think from actually watching a lot of the games, our local Packers fan, Jimbo. Um, yeah, I'm. you're really at this point you're hoping he's so touchdown dependent. Like that's that's what uh, Bob is right now at this point is he's a touchdown. I'm, most tight ends are, but I think he more so uh, than a lot of others because the yards just haven't been there. Like um, 
you know, in his biggest game this year, he had 52 yards on three receptions. Other than that, he's had eight yards, six yards, and eight yards. Um, so it's been tough. I would look to go elsewhere. There's been guys that you could have picked up off the waiver wire by now, I imagine, if you were relying on Robert Tunyon and no one else. So look to play one of those guys like Knox or Schultz or um, a lot of other guys. <laughs> yeah, no, I completely agree. Uh, at this point, you got to get off of that, that bandwagon. Um, he's might be the most touchdown-dependent tight end in fantasy at this point. Um, it's crazy. Last week he had seven targets. The three games prior to that, he had a combined of eight targets. So, like, last week was seemed to be an you know, anomaly in terms of that. Not to mention he took those seven targets, turned it into only two catches for eight yards. So it's just something I'm I'm getting away from from Big Bob the probably the rest of the season unless something drastically changes. Oh yeah, definitely. He he is who we thought he was. Even just like last year, just from seeing from his stat production. I mean, obviously a touchdown uh, dependent tight end. I just wanted to bring up like a quick thing. I'm pretty sure Aaron Rodgers refers to him as Bobby. Should we just call him Bobby? Bobby Tanyan. Bobby Bob. Bobby Tanyan. Whatever you want. I'm not gonna lie. I don't like the name Bobby. He doesn't look like a Bobby to me. <laughs> Like, Bobby just seems wrong. I would prefer Bob. He Bob. seems like a Bob. Bobby Boucher? <laughs> yeah, but see, Bobby Boucher looked like a Bobby. He doesn't... R- Big Bob Tunyon doesn't look like a fucking Bobby. <laughs> Most Bobs I've met are of the paler complexion. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> that is what he is. Uh, <laughs> Let's get off the subject. Anyways. Last name I think worth bringing up right now in this matchup is Randall Cobb. Uh, you know, they've been talking about wanting to get him more involved. Obviously, last week they did that. Um, MVS is out or was out last week. I think he might be back this week, but um, Randall Cobb, anyway, six targets, five receptions, 69 yards, and two touchdowns last week. Um, for me, I think uh, I would, I would sit Randall Cobb. I don't think he's quite worth a flex yet just because. Um, I want to see a little bit more consistency out of his usage. Yeah, I pretty much agree with you because uh, MVS was the guy who was looking forward to filling like that secondary role as far as he's going to produce the most fantasy points, the secondary receiver, and it doesn't seem like he's going to be that guy. And we all know Aaron Rodgers loves Randall Cobb. That's why he's back. Actually, I think Cobb is worth a flex play because MVS is actually on IR now. The early senior return is week seven. Okay. Yeah. Um, Cobb got a pretty good target share last week with MVS out, and as you said, you know Aaron Rodgers loves him some Randall Cobb. There's a reason why he specifically tried to get him back and pleaded with with you know management to do that, and management was like, "Yes, Aaron, will do whatever you want. Please stay." <laughs> well, let's be real. He doesn't have to get that open. Aaron Rodgers will just give it to him, like put it wherever he needs it, and just right right in the right spot. Yeah, I guess that's the upside. Is it's uh, you know there's good chemistry there. Um, he's a you know, he's a guy that you know Rogers wants to get him involved, and and Rogers going to put it on the money. So, um, yeah, maybe you convinced me, Tyler. Maybe he's worth a flex. Uh, moving on though to the Miami Dolphins taking on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We'll make the Miami short side pretty short here. Don't start anyone. <laughs> um, I mean, outside of like maybe Jalen Waddle, but. Uh, can we take another moment of silence for Miles Gaskin? Yeah, <laughs> jeez, is we can take a moment of silence for him because that's been rough, man. I, I don't get it. I, I don't understand why Malcolm Brown is getting 
even as much work as he is. Um, but yeah, so benching everyone on Miami. Uh, actually, I'm. I'm not even considering Waddle. Waddle had four targets all of last week. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, they he, just. I mean, they got. I mean, I know he's supposed to be a burner, terrible. but he's out there waddling right now. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but I think you actually. I think it, the one player I would consider playing for Miami is Mike Gusecki. Um, he's a decent tight end stream. He's seen, and the last three weeks specifically has seen 24 targets in three weeks. So a very large target share. That's mostly with uh, Jacoby Brissett. Um, he's Jacoby clearly loves him, and if there's one guy I need to start, especially as a tight end stream, that's the guy. Yeah, uh, spoiler alert, that's my tight end start of the week. So yeah, that's <laughs> definitely the person I would start on the Dolphins. Um, you you brought up a good point with Malcolm Brown though, because um, he's definitely eating into like Miles Gaskins' touches. And if you're looking like if you're trying to pick up a running back and stash them and hope that they're worth something as the year progresses, it seems like Miles Gaskins getting phased out. And for whatever reason, they love Malcolm Brown, especially in the receiving game. So keep an eye on him. Definitely start Jasicki, though, because of everything Irby said. Uh, on the <laughs> Tampa Bay side, um, well, it seems as if Fournette is kind of taking the lead in the backfield. He had 20 attempts last week, 91 yards, um, five targets, three receptions, and 47 receiving yards. Um, but is that... Is that something that's just he was the hot hand and next week it'll be Ronald Jones or is Fournette going to be the guy going forward? No, I think Fournette's your guy. Um, Ronald Jones has averaged five carries per game so far this year. He went four attempts, six attempts, five attempts, six attempts. That's five carries for your, your you math wizards out there. <laughs> um, so, you know, it's definitely a Leonard Fournette deal. And not to mention when Giovanni Bernard comes back into this lineup, he's probably be your pass catching back. So I think Ronald Jones, you need if you're in a 10-team league, you need to drop him. He's not worth. He's not even worthy of a roster spot anymore. Tampa Bay could get up big, so the running back in Tampa could be really valuable this week. Uh, so is Fournette like um, an RB two, a flex? What do you think? I, I think he's in the flex territory just because like the the um, uncertainty in the backfield, and you never know if Ronald Jones does get those carries just because he's suiting up and he's there. So I would put him in the flex territory, but definitely worthy of a start. Yeah, I mean, so far in the year, he's running back 28th, um, which puts him directly into flex play, really. You know, that's not a starting running back. But if any, you know, if last week was anything that could come, you know, could be leading to the future, then he's definitely going to go into a running back uh, one or two, you know, position. Um, All the receivers for Tampa Bay, you start all three, right? Yeah, I think so. Um, It seems like with Gronk out, Cameron Bate, who we thought might take some of those, you know, opportunities, yeah. has not. And it seems like everything that was going to Gronk is not going to Antonio Brown. So yeah, I'm starting all three. I would, but I'd be questionable about it. If you got someone better, you definitely throw him in. Like you said, the game might get out of hand and the game script might not favor throwing the ball like that. Yeah, I agree. Um so the tight ends were benching then because what well, you just said. Not Mike Yusiki, but yeah, Tampa tight ends. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the New England Patriots, uh, taking on the Houston Texans, uh, in Houston, Patriots are nine and a half point favorites over under is 39 and a half. So expected to be another low scoring game. Uh, this is, this is not a fantasy friendly matchup. (laughs) Um, 
I mean, who would you start, I guess? Let's just go there. Um, I mean, <laughs> as much as I've loved Brandon Cook so far, he, last week, he against a tough matchup, he put up a dud. This is another very tough matchup. Um, Bill Belichick is known to be able to take away the number one guy in the opposing offense, which is Brandon Cooks. So I'm sure they'll bracket or double him the entire game. So don't start Brandon Cooks. Um, the one guy in the entire game, receiving-wise, I would consider starting is, is Jacoby Myers for New England. He's had 26 targets the last two weeks, which is double what anybody else on the team has had. Um, he is clearly the go-to guy for Mac Jones. Well, what about Damian Harris? Do you guys feel like he might uh, get taken care of because of the game script, you know, get a lot of carries, finally solidify himself in that backfield? Well, I mean, he has taken some of the receiving work since James White left, but he obviously had two terrible games the last two weeks, but they were against the Saints and Tampa Bay. So two really stout uh, defenses at this point. Well, the, at least Tampa Bay on the ground. Um, oh, <laughs> I, I, I think Damian Harris is a flex play. Yeah, I, was, I think so too. I mean, Houston's not great against running backs. They're ranked about 18th. So, I mean, there's some some room to run there. And if he's is picking up a little more, you know, work in the pass catching department, that only just you know up gives you a couple extra points, which is huge. I mean, Brandon Bolden is also you know kind of getting more involved, especially in the passing game. Really, only in the passing game. JJ Taylor was not good last week and fumbled, so probably won't ever see him again. <laughs> yeah, good old Bill. But yeah, I think you can. I I think you can still flex Damian Harris this week. And if it doesn't work, then, yeah, maybe just hold off for a while. Yeah, I, I agree with Flex and Damian Harris. But the, the whole Brandon Cooks thing, I want to touch on that a little bit. He did put up a dud last week, but that's because Davis Mills threw four interceptions. So, I mean, every time he throws an interception, that, that's taking away a potential one or two targets every drive for Brandon Cooks that he was probably going to get. So I think just out of pure usage, you can still flex Brandon Cooks if you're like me and you're desperate in a league that I'm in. I would honestly... At this point, I know Brandon Cooks has been kind of a, a savior um, on the fantasy realm, but I would look to bench Brandon Cooks this week just because he's going against Bill Belichick. New England defense usually tears rookie quarterbacks up or young quarterbacks. Um, yeah, I I would definitely look to bench him. Yeah, sorry, I gotta agree with Jim here. I just, I mean, and I started Brandon Cooks last week, hoping that he was going to put it together or put out another good weekend. I benched him in favor or. I benched Amari Cooper in favor of Brandon Cooks, and that definitely backfired on me. Yeah. Um, but I this is just not a matchup. I want to risk doing that. Yeah, I would. I would hold off on Cooks. Um, possibly look to play him next week, depending on who they're playing. But against Bill and, and New England, I would sit him with Davis Mills at quarterback. Um, that pretty much covers that game. Uh, New Orleans Saints taking on the Washington Football Team. Uh, New Orleans Saints are two and a half point favorites. Over under is forty four and a half. Um, let's start on the Washington side of the ball. Gibson did not practice today, but he should be good to go. Uh, he's a must start for me. Um, Terry must start. Um, really loving the connection Taylor Heineke is having with him. So far, I like Taylor Heineke, man. He's um, 
he's Brett Farvish as far as, you know, just, and I think we've talked about it before, but just gunslinging, like he doesn't care. He just wants to get his, his guys involved, especially his, his top guy. So, um, he's former XFL. Okay. That's all you need to know to like him. <laughs> well, he's actually That's been cool. in the league for five years. Do you know that? Yeah. He was kind of like a journeyman guy, right? He yeah. was on the, the Vikings back in the day. He was, right? uh, so wasn't he begging groceries when the Washington called him last year to come up? Yeah, he was with um, Carolina um, and Ron Rivera for a while, and, and then that's why they called him. Ooh, old Ronnie. Um, but anyways, um, yeah, he's no fear, you know, going to throw it in there. and um, So I liked Scary Terry. What about Curtis Samuel coming back? Um, do you think he's worth a flex this week? I don't, I don't think quite yet, but, um, it looks like he might be using a gadget role for him, which makes him pretty interesting as far as yeah. like increasing his touches. So, um, it's definitely someone you want to keep an eye on and I, I wouldn't start him this week just because, um, there, there's no history to go off of. He's sitting out practice uh he sat out practice this week i think they were trying they're really trying to you know um edge him back in he's probably on a a snap count um so i would look to start him the following week when they play the chiefs if he's 100 percent. but right this week against the saints i would sit completely agree with both of you (laughs) nice um that covers that side of the ball, right? Because you're not flexing McKissick, or are you? I mean, maybe if you're in a pinch, you might have to. He's you know been productive enough. Uh, the other thing we you want to make sure you put out there is that Logan Thomas has been placed on IR. He is going to be out for you know oh, a, right. a minimum of four weeks. So uh, I don't even know who the backup is, but I'm not going to be placing them in my starting lineup. Yeah, wait and see what happens there. Uh, on the New Orleans side of the ball. <clears throat> How you feeling about your boy Jameis? <laughs> um, I feel good about Jameis this week. I mean, I know being the year I was real high on him, and he is uh, crumbled, to say the least. <laughs> uh, but against the you can always count on Jameis. Yeah, right? but against the Washington this week, uh, actually really good streaming play. So Washington is actually the worst in the league to uh, fancy points giving up to quarterbacks. They're giving him almost 28 points a game. If that doesn't scream a Jameis Winston game, then I don't know what else does. Yeah, Washington surprisingly, surprisingly has been pretty bad uh, on the defensive side of the ball. Um, But in all reality, what is that? I mean, how much do you trust Jameis? Like, would you – I mean, who, who are you going to start him over, you know, at this point? I don't trust him enough to start him over other guys that I can pick up on the like the waiver wire at this point. Like Jameis obviously has potential to do things for you, but I I just don't really like it. I do like how they're, he's playing like the worst defense in the league quarterback wise. Yeah, but I mean they also played the Chargers in Week One and uh, kept uh, Herbert to one touchdown, one interception, like fifteen points. So I mean it's, it kind of depends on like who shows up. And Jameis is so hit or miss. Along with that, like really hit or miss, you know, football team defense right now, I wouldn't really uh, put my chips in on that one. Like, would you start Jameis over Daniel Jones? Definitely yes. not. Yes, I would. I wouldn't. I would start Daniel. All right, I'm going to let me lay out right now. Jameis Winston's going over 25 this week. 
It's on the record. Well, that means Daniel Jones is going over 26. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, Daniel Jones is playing Dallas. Come on. Danny Dines has like the, the like. I just think he he's a, a better option for sure. Daniel Jones is, but um, New Orleans receivers, no. Um, please, Michael Thomas, make your way back because uh, they need him <laughs> badly. Um, Kamara, obviously, you're starting, and that's pretty much it, right? No, so no receivers, and the tight ends don't exist apparently in New Orleans. Uh, Juwan Johnson did have that touchdown last week, but just need a little bit more work. They're just not getting enough work. So, Joanna, man. I yeah, he had a touchdown, but he only had three targets yeah, the entire game. So, I mean, it's just – yeah. If honestly, you, if you're going to start one of them, you start Juwan Johnson over Troutman. But. And also, if my prediction is correct, if James goes for 25, it means that Alvin Kamara is going for like 40 because he's going to have like three receiving touchdowns. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully. Um Let's move on. Philadelphia Eagles taking on the Carolina Panthers. Uh, Panthers are three and a half point favorites. Over under is forty four and a half points. Uh, on the Philly side of the ball, Jalen Hurts. We've been talking about he could be our start of the week every single week at this point at quarterback. Uh, you're starting Jalen. Uh, what about the weapons? I'm pretty worried about Miles Sanders myself. Um benching him yeah especially in this defense um i i don't think you can even i would re- honestly rather start gainwell over sanders yeah well, i mean with the passing game production that gainwell has he's a much safer fantasy option honestly if you can get a trade-off for miles sanders take it you know maybe you can get a, a decent trade just on re- name recognition alone um and maybe he'll bounce back eventually but like at this point i'm trying to sell all my shares of miles sanders it seems like they can't run the ball, like, at all. Not like they're really giving them the opportunity, though, too. I mean, he's still only getting, like, you know, five or six carries a game. Um, they're basically giving zero rushing attempts to the running backs. Yeah, I'm pretty sure the story out of Philadelphia right now is, like, they plan on going committee by backfield. So, I mean, they're already, like, publicly committing to it, which might not mean much, but um, we saw the writing on the wall. Yeah. Kenneth Gainwell's getting into the picture. I'm curious if you guys would just uh, start Devonta Smith. Uh, he's the only Philadelphia receiver I would consider. Um, but man, I'll just he he's had targets good targets every week. year yeah. or every week. I mean, that was Kansas City though, playing Carolina now. Ah, uh, jeez. I mean, you assume they're going to be behind, right? Maybe not. It yeah. might be a close game, too. I'm just going to start him out of complete usage, honestly. That's what I was curious what you guys think, just because it's so hit or miss with him. But someone has to catch the ball. Yeah, I would. Okay, I would start him. Yeah, I would flex him. Um, Forced you into it. But it's ah, it's sketchy, though, man. I, I don't know. Is Stephon Gilmore going to play? No, he's still on the PUP. He's not available until week seven. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, then I would start Devonta Smith. Um, but, yeah, Kenneth Gainwell, telling you, if he's still available in your league, somehow pick him up. I was I was high on him coming into the season. He looked really good last week when, you know, getting all the targets that he did get. Um, was making plays. 
got tackled down at like the one. Otherwise, he would have got in the end zone as well. So I like Gainwell going forward as a flex. I think Philly's a team that's going to be playing from behind most of the time, and they have some weapons there to like uh, really work in the receiving department, like Devonta Smith and Kenneth Gainwell, Jalen Hurts, obviously, at quarterback. I think you're going to be able to get some garbage time points is my uh, point with those guys. Yeah, see, I'm actually going to sit Devontae Smith. Uh, I think there's anyone you're going to be able to trust in this passing game right now, uh, especially this week, is going to be the tight ends. I think you're much more able to, especially go there, um, or Goddard, whatever his name is. Yeah, just, just go there. Just go there, just go there if you want. Um, I think <laughs> he's going to be your most consistent play week in and week out, especially against Carolina. And I think there's a chance. I mean, even Zach Ertz has actually seen a decent bet amount of production the last couple of weeks. And, yeah, that might continue to keep happening. Uh, on the Carolina side, CMC might be back this week. He's back at practice. Um, could be a game-time decision, says Coach Matt Rule. Uh, obviously, you're starting Christian if he's in. Um, but what if he's out? Is Chuba Hubbard a must-start? I think obviously, I think Matt Rule just blowing smoke up everybody right now. Like if CMC is ready for the game, but like still hampered, why would you start him? This team honestly is like pretty primed for a playoff run and maybe even a Super Bowl run because their defense is doing so good. And when with CMC back, their running game is going to be good. Defense and run game with a decent passing game usually leads to like some pretty good success. So like, why would they force him to come back early? I just don't see it happening. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's cool he's back at practice, but I mean. You're playing Philadelphia, who's just not a good team. Um, they have a bad defense. I think you're better off letting him sit for a week. Um, with that being said, I think if he does sit, I think Chuba Hubbard is a must-start. Yeah. Eagles are uh, six, uh, giving up the six most points uh, to running backs per game. So, yeah, you can definitely start Chuba Hubbard, obviously, if you're the Christian manager, uh, you're going to start him. Uh, receivers, though. Uh, Carolina, DJ Moore has been huge. He's finally having that big breakout, consistent breakout uh, that we've been waiting for. I kind of had him rostered everywhere last year, and he was inconsistent. And this year I don't have him anywhere, and he's consistent. So that shows what I know. But, um I'm always like a year early on guys. I don't know how it happens, but uh, what about the receivers? DJ Moore, really the only guy you can start at this point? You know, Robbie Anderson, DJ, uh, Terrace Marshall Jr., benching those guys? Uh, definitely benching Marshall. Obviously, DJ Moore is a, a must start at this point. Robbie Anderson's still floating around that like gray area where like, just because like where I drafted him and where I'm at in the season, I might have to start him and just hope he does something good. But the usage is not looking too good. If you have a better option, definitely bench him. Yeah, DJ Moore is the only receiver I'm looking to start at all. I'm not even considering anybody else. Me too. Uh, moving on to the Tennessee Titans. They are facing the Jacksonville Jaguars in Jacksonville. The Titans are four-point favorites. The over-under is 49th. 49 and a half points. Uh, both Julio and Brown are still not practicing. Um, so not looking great. 
for either one. AJ of them. did practice today. Julio oh, was did? out. Yeah, AJ okay. did practice. Mm-hmm. Uh, AJ Brown did practice today. Um, so looking good for AJ Brown. Um, our, I think he qualifies as a must start, right? If he's healthy, um, don't start any of the other Tennessee receivers. Um, Derrick Henry's a must start. What about Ryan Tannehill? I, I would consider like looking at Josh Reynolds, honestly, if Julio Jones, for whatever reason, does not play this Sunday. He had a uh, team high nine targets last week. And both defenses in this game are uh, among the worst defenses as far as allowing the most points to receivers this year. So both both teams should have like a, a little bit of upside at receiver, and that does increase Josh Reynolds, I think, to be worthy of a flex maybe. Only if Julio Jones is out, though. He did have a good look in the end zone, Josh Reynolds, that is, that he didn't come down with. But, yeah, I think you consider you can consider flexing Josh Reynolds um, if Julio's out. Um, but I wouldn't, I, I mean, I wouldn't start him with a, a bunch of excitement. Um, that pretty much covers the Tennessee side. What about Jacksonville? Oh, wait, we didn't say anything about Ryan Tannehill. Would you start Ryan Tannehill this week? Uh, you know, I think there's probably better streaming options than Tannehill at this point. He's been really inconsistent, inconsistent this year, which is crazy because last, like, you know, two years he's been a starter there. He's been one of the most consistent quarterbacks in fantasy. I'm um, not necessarily the top scorer by any means, but clearly, you know, it's like he had like one of the highest floors you have, you could possibly have for a quarterback. Um, and this year is just not the same. Um, it's a little up and down, and I think you have better streaming options. Yeah, I don't like Ryan Tannehill, and just like Irby said, there's better streaming options for sure. Daniel Jones and Sam Donald are still like floating around in a lot of leagues. Like and these guys that have a lot of rushing upside and are getting more points than Ryan Tannehill, so no. Yeah, you know they could get up early too, and and then it's going to be the Derrick Henry show from there on out. Yeah, I mean with that being said, so like <laughs> Sam Darnold is available still in a lot of leagues. Ryan Tannehill is the twentieth ranked quarterback in fantasy this year, where Sam Darnold is ranked fifth, and he's still available in a ton of leagues. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> They're sleeping on my guy. Um. Jacksonville side of the ball. Anyone worth starting? James Robinson, I think you're starting. Um, LaVisca Chenault, I say start. What about Marvin Jones? I would say yes. With uh, DJ Shark out now, I'm curious what Marvin Jones' um, output's going to be like now. Obviously, a very capable receiver. So um, with DJ Shark out of the picture, I'm curious what happens. Obviously, LaVisca... Uh, his usage went up, so he's a must-start. I like Marvin Jones, too, for sure. I feel like you start a lot of Jacksonville in this game because the offense is going to be on the field a lot. Yeah, you know, the weird thing is that Marvin Jones has actually been pretty consistent in terms of his target share. Uh, first three weeks, 9, 11, and 8 targets. Last week was weird. He only had three, which seems like probably an anomaly at this point. Uh, I think you're going to be pretty consistent with him getting about 10 targets a game. And probably looking somewhere between you know ten and fifteen points a game week in and week out for Marvin Jones. So at this point, I think he's a pretty easy um, flex play, and then you know possibly receiver two on some weeks. Yeah, I'd agree. Last week was definitely a dud, but I would expect him to get more looks this week and more opportunities. What about Trevor Lawrence, though? Honestly, I was considering making him my start of the week. It's not, but. 
obviously pretty sketchy because he just finally had his first good game of his NFL career. But he showed that rushing upside with those run pass options that they were running with him. And we always talk about it on this show. Like the rushing upside for quarterbacks is really like make or break. It'll put these mediocre quarterbacks into top tier like fantasy positions. Yeah, six rush attempts against Arizona the week prior, and then last week eight attempts against Cincinnati, and ran that one in. I would wait and see. I think, I think there's still I much better streaming options. Yeah, um, it's just one of those things. I mean, it most uh, probably most efficient day for sure because he didn't throw any picks and he had the rushing touchdown. But like, I mean. In four games, he's already had seven interceptions. That's not good, and that's you know that's, that's for most leagues that's negative two points with everyone. So that immediately lowers your overall floor, and that's just right. not something I can I might be able to you know run with at all. Yeah, I would agree. I wouldn't start him this week, but if the rushing does continue, uh, look to swoop him up for possibly good matchups going forward. Um, moving on, the Chicago Bears taking on the Las Vegas Raiders. Raiders are five-and-a-half-point favorites. The over-under is 44-and-a-half points. Uh, how are we feeling about this one? Let's start on the Las Vegas side of the ball. As far as the Raiders, I'm, I'm calming down a little bit on Derek Carr. I've been pretty high on him the last couple of weeks. I think he is worthy of starting um, against this defense just because of the way last week went. I think it, the writing is on the wall for John Gruden that like they, they need to pass the ball if they want to be productive and like impose their will on teams, which they talk about so often. And the only time they do good is when they throw the ball. So maybe they, they might come out of the gate just swinging with Derek Carr this game. Um, You know, I actually like Josh Jacobs this week. Not for his rushing ability, but his pass catching ability in this one because Chicago is leading the league in sacks at 15 already over the course of just four games. That means that they're going to, they get home quickly. They get home often, right? That means you're, I think you're going to see a lot of dump off passes to Josh Jacobs just because like, it's going to be the only thing that they can get to uh, not have enough time. So I think you're going to see a good pass catching week from Josh Jacobs and then add in, you know, maybe a, a touchdown run. And then there you go. You know, you have a RB one. Yeah, I like that. Um, Peyton out, you know, with the turf toe. Um, yeah, what about the receivers? I mean, for me, I'm honestly at this point, obviously you're starting Waller, but um, like the Brian Edwards project for me is kind of over. I think <laughs> I think we know what we have. It's, it's a guy they target in the fourth quarter. I know Trey's going to hate this take. But he, honestly, like – when do they target him outside of the fourth quarter? Like that's when he gets looks. And so you're talking about a guy that's going to get two to five targets max, like week in and week out. Um, I think you can honestly drop Brian Edwards if you need to pick someone else up um, and be okay with that. You're not going to miss out on a whole lot. I think it's pretty much proven what, what uh, Brian Edwards is. Uh, but what about the rest of the receivers? Do you guys like any of them? Hunter Renfro? I like Hunter Renfro in PPR, like we talked about before. In PPR leagues, I think he's a must-start every week. Henry Ruggs is really fringe, probably someone that you're having on your bench. I do agree that you probably release Brian Edwards and like let him go from your team at this point. But... 
um, if the if the Raiders start throwing the ball like they need to, and and John Gruden's addressed this last couple of weeks, seems like he's kind of buying into throwing the ball more. Just keep an eye on Brian Edwards, and things might change for him. Yeah, just at this point, Edwards hasn't had more than five targets in a game. Um, that's just not enough consistent production to consider him as a roster spot. Sure, maybe in a few weeks, you know, he becomes a waiver wire, like a huge waiver addition because he'll you know finally put a couple games together in one big game or injury, whatever it may be. Um, I think he could bounce back, but right now I'm dropping him. Yeah, I hope Renfro gets some more looks in the red zone, and I think he will. Um, one of the best route runners out of the slot. Not to mention one of the best tacklers. Did you see that yeah. hit? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Ooh, yeah. boy. Yeah, that was. That was a perfect form tackle, man. He l- laid some hat. Yeah, that. I mean, he's just a football player, man. Like, that's. He is a football player. Like, True and true. Yeah, dude's a gamer for sure. Yeah, he he saw that coming and was like, "Oh, this guy, you could literally just throw him the ball and and he's gonna get an easy first down." He came all the way up uh, and laid a stick on him, dude. Put the hat on him. So I love Hunter Renfro. I hope he gets some more production because um, he's just a great football player. Um, what about the Chicago side? Justin Fields officially the starter. <laughs> Good old Matt Nagy, man, I swear, this guy. But uh, Justin Fields now officially the starter. Is it changing your impression on Allen Robinson so far, Darnell Mooney? What are you doing with the receivers in Chicago? Starting both of them. Yeah, the, the Raiders cornerbacks have been dealing with just minor injuries throughout every single game this year so far. And so at one point in the game, um, both of those guys would be going up against backups. Yeah, I think in this week, you you know, potentially could start them both. Uh, I mean, with Allen Robinson, he hasn't produced really at all this year. hasn't produced with Justin Fields or without him. It's hard to say. Darnell Mooney obviously had a great game last week uh, with 125 yards. But uh, I think you could possibly start them both. But, I mean, it's it's still going to be a little dicey until Justin Fields more, becomes a little more, you know, acclimated to playing in the NFL. I mean, this could be a rough game for Justin Fields. The Raiders defensive line is one of the best in the league right now. And uh, we saw what Cleveland did against Chicago, just shut him down to like nothing. So um, if the Raiders defensive line puts a lot of pressure on him, it might be a really bad game for the Bears. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's I'm okay with you. With If you want to sit Allen Robinson, I'm okay with it, especially if you have better options like um, – at this point, he's tanking your team, right? If he's on your team, he's killing you. Um, so hopefully you've been able to make moves in the waiver wire or, or trade and, and get someone that's a little bit more promising. Yeah, I would I would be okay with benching out Robinson and just, you know, prove it. Let's see it, and then, then I'll throw him in my starting lineup. Darnell Mooney. I think I would honestly start Darnell Mooney over Allen Robinson right now. Like he seems to have a better chemistry with Justin Fields. Um, I know he gets more separation, so that helps uh, a rookie quarterback when he can physically see someone open. He doesn't have to anticipate it or gamble on the receiver making a play for him or scramble them open. Yeah, um, I think that makes a huge difference. And Darnell Mooney, we've all seen him and how much separation he gets. Um, it's scary. Like he's a really good route runner. He's, he gets a lot of separation, which helps young quarterbacks. 
So I like Darnell Mooney. I'm, I honestly am just like, let's, I want to see it from Allen Robinson before I start him. Cause you know, what are you banking on right now? Besides name value. That's pretty much it. So his value is low, which is why I'm trying to trade for him right now. That's how much yeah. I like Allen Robinson with a change of quarterback. I, I think the upside is there. I mean, he did it last year with a change of quarterback and put up good numbers. So yeah, I think it's possible for him again. I definitely think there's brighter days ahead, but until we get a glimpse of the light, I'm, I'm, I'm backing off. Um, moving on. Uh, oh, well, I guess we can touch on the running backs, right? Uh, with Montgomery out, Damian Williams. If you picked him up, I know a ton of people were paying a lot of fab for Damian Williams. So if you're one of those people, you probably have to start him. Um, and I think you can, right? I, you know, Chicago is going to lean on some form of a running game with a young quarterback. Um, so yeah, I think you can start Damian Williams. Uh, moving on to the Cleveland Browns taking on the Los Angeles Chargers. The Chargers are one and a half point favorites. The over under is 46 points. Um, starting on the Chargers side of the ball, uh, Mike Williams, big, big old dud last week. Uh, do you throw him right back in there? I, I think you have to with the numbers that he's putting up. I mean, it might've just been a bad week and you just got to hope for it to bounce back. It's not like he got injured or anything like that. It's just a bad game. Yeah, I think you have to too. I mean, up until last week, he was averaging 11 targets a game. And if we're going to be honest about it too, Mike Williams, granted that he was a real big dud, but uh, the Raiders also did a really good job of limiting Keenan Allen. Uh, they were basically bracketing both players the entire game. And so with that being said, Keenan Allen had seven catches, but only 36 yards. They were limiting both of them really, really well. That's why you saw uh, Jared Cook have a big game. He had you know 80 yards and touchdown. He had a really big game from Eckler. So I think you're fine with Mike with Mike Williams. Don't panic right now. Um, anyone you're, you know, sitting on the Chargers side of the ball. So it sounds like for all fantasy relevant players, you're plugging them in. You know, yeah, for sure. Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Eckler, Justin Herbert. Um, Parnum, the tight end, has been getting a little bit more red zone work. Yeah, it's, that's going to be super inconsistent. I'd rather start Jared Cook still, um, regardless. I mean, I know. And Parham's huge. He's six foot eight. It's like, which is insane for an NFL yeah. player. Um, you know, maybe eventually he's a tight end of the future, but you know, he's a good stash for dynasty leagues, but I'm still, it's going to be cook all the way for me right now. Uh, Cleveland side of the ball, Nick Chubb, you're starting Kareem hunt. You're starting. Um, what about the receivers? OBJ. Really? Are you starting OBJ? I think you have to. He's the wide receiver one on a team that's, you know, Jarvis Landry's still on IR. Mayfield's it's like Mayfield is still putting up like 250 yards a game, so there's still yards to be had and targets. So I definitely am starting OBJ. Yeah, I mean, the Chargers are ranked in the bottom third of teams against receivers, so I think you see a decent back bounce-back game here for OBJ. I know, like, first week was great, last week was was not good. I think he bounces back this week. Uh, Baker Mayfield is probably droppable at this point, right? I mean, if you haven't already, um, he hasn't put up 20 fantasy points yet this season, not throwing a lot of touchdowns. 
Yeah, I, I'm okay with dropping Baker Mayfield. Pick up Daniel Jones. <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, Baker Mayfield's team, the way he ended last year, you thought he's going to come into this year and really put everything together, and it just hasn't been there for whatever reason. Uh, my biggest concern with him is that, especially the last two weeks, is that they've had to throw the ball more, and he's being extremely inaccurate. Uh, so the last two weeks, he went 19-31 and 15-33 which is not good, whereas like the first two weeks with lower pass attempts, he went 21-28 and 19-21. So clearly, this is a team that needs to rely on the running game and basically have the play action off of that for Baker to have a good game. Moving on here to the New York Giants taking on the Dallas Cowboys. The Cowboys are 7.5-point favorites, over-unders 49.5. Um Daniel Jones, we've touched on a little bit already. Sounds like we all are in consensus that you can start him this week. Oh, yeah, most definitely. Like, he's uh, – might be almost every week. I'll have to look at his schedule, really, but keep an eye on him. He, he might be, like, a really good pickup for people. Barkley, you're starting. I mean, you don't have a choice with Barkley. Um, I know he hasn't been great, but he did find the end zone last year, last week on a really good pass pl- play. Um, I think he's you know starting to put it a little more together. So with his ADP and whatnot, you're starting Barkley regardless. Uh, what about the receivers for the Giants? Kenny Galladay had a pretty good game last week, or a decent game anyway. Um, yeah, I mean, um, he's probably the only one. You know, your other two guys there uh, are still dealing with the hamstring injuries. We're not sure if they're going to be back or not. So I think Galladay's the only guy, only guy you can really – you know, trust. Well, Kadarius Tony was a player I was kind of sleeping on last yeah. week with those hamstring injuries to uh, Shepard and the other guy whose name I'm forgetting right now, but um, I, I completely forgot about Darius him. Slayton. And Darius Slayton, yeah. But I, I completely forgot about Kadarius Tony, and he ended up getting a decent amount of looks and work with those guys out. And he's a first round pick, so he's slowly easing his way in. That, that's someone you want to keep an eye on for sure. Yeah, he had a, a big overtime last week. And uh, I think you could continue to see him get involved. Hopefully, I mean, he's a first-round draft pick. Um, you know, you expect to get something out of him. Usually, you expect to get something out of your first-round draft picks right away, and he hasn't really been involved until last week. So, but I would, I would, I would hesitate to start him. I want to see uh, more consistency. Um, Dallas side of the ball. Dak Prescott, you're starting. Zeke Elliott, you're starting. What about the receivers, Tyler? You touched on uh, Mari Cooper a little earlier, how you didn't start him last week. Starting him this week? Uh, yes, I am. Uh, this is just um, really – like last week was a tough matchup for Amari Cooper, and he ended up producing anyways, which you know, is a thorn in my side. Uh, this week is a much better matchup, and so I assume he's unproduced. But, you know, Amari Cooper is one of those players that, like, can be a little, you know, hit or miss, um, but you know I'm gonna I'm gonna play the matchup and I'm gonna start him. Uh, CD Lamb, we're without, starting. Yeah, without question. <laughs> it's been a little quiet, obviously, the last couple of weeks, uh, but I have a feeling CD Lamb's gonna get it going sooner rather than later. Honestly, a good trade target um, if the manager that has him is in a huge Cowboys fan, you might be able to snag him away uh, since the last couple weeks have been rather quiet. 
but I think uh, big things ahead for CeeDee Lamb, so I would start. Um, that's pretty much it for Dallas, right? Uh, no Tony Pollard, or do you flex Tony Pollard? Probably not, but uh, don't forget about uh, Dalton Schultz here. Oh yeah, Dalton Schultz. I mean, he's always forget about the tight ends. He's always he started to put together where it looks like he could be a you know a viable starter week in and week out. Um, he's just becoming part of part of this offense, really. Oh yeah, it's pretty obvious. We're not the only ones that see it. He's like one of the most picked up players in fantasy football this week. Yeah, um, you know Blake Jarwin's still there, but it seems they're favoring Dalton Schultz more than Blake Jarwin. Um, Tony Pollard is kind of giving you a floor performance every week of like 10 rushes, you know, 50 to 70 yards. Um, so if you're flexing him, you hope he gets into the end zone. Cause if not, you're looking at a good six to eight points probably. Um, so look to bench, uh, moving on to the San Francisco 49ers taking on the Arizona Cardinals. The Cardinals are five and a half point favorites. The over under is 49 and a half. Um, yeah, San Francisco, man, what a, uh, Kyle Shanahan's really making us work for our money this year in fantasy. Do you trust any of the running backs in San Francisco this week? This might be the only week that I say this. I trust Trey Sermon this week and I do. I have never trusted the San Francisco backfield ever. I, I hate those committees. But it kind of seems like Trey Sermon, like everything just pointing towards him getting the majority of the carries with uh, the injuries they have in the backfield. It's, I mean, uh, Sermon had the majority of the snaps, and uh, Mitchell is like, he's practicing, but he's not taking contact yet. So you have to keep an eye on that. If Elijah Mitchell is not there, Trey Sermon's looking to get a, a good amount of touches. Yeah, I mean, Kyle Jusek. Jusek. I can never say his name. Jusek. Jusek. <laughs> Um, you check it on Google. He's still there, and he could take snaps away and probably will um, if Sermon's not playing well. And, and Shanahan seems to have a pretty quick trigger finger when it comes to pulling someone out of a game. Um, Yeah, Sermon, 19 carries. I think he had like 89 yards off the top of my head last week. So I, I guess if he gets another you know workload like that, yeah, you're happy. But I'm still hesitant. I mean – I think if you're desperate, then he's okay. But, I mean, I would look to pivot if I could. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I don't know. I actually kind of lean towards Trey. The only downside is that, like, Elijah Mitchell, yes, he missed last week, but he's only dealing with a shoulder stinger. It's right. not a major injury. It's one of those crappy injuries that, like, they reoccur easily. Um, if you've ever had one, they they suck. But it's not something you can't like not play through or you know have at least get a start and then take away carries from Trey Sermon. It's tough. Um, I mean, I think Sermon could be a flex play, but if you have better options, I'm kind of, kind of probably going that way. Yeah, it's that's it's just so many question marks going into the game every single weekend that I'm like, you know, hopefully you have someone that's a little bit more has, a, a, you know, a promised workload. Um, and you can you can tell how like confused we are about this because like literally in that sentence I realized I agree with Trey yeah. and then I <laughs> disagree with Trey by the end of it as you're talking. like as I'm speaking in a single sentence so like that just shows you how hard this situation is. Now, it, it's confusing, man. I'm just saying that if Elijah Mitchell is for whatever reason not full speed when the game starts, this is the best opportunity for Trey Sermon like all year 
for him to really like take the reins and try yeah, to solidify. I, so, I mean, I is his biggest opportunity that I've seen so far, and the only reason I would ever put my name on it. Mm-hmm. And I probably you probably never hear me say that about the San Francisco's backfield again. Well, and look to that point, Jeff Wilson is looming, right? He's supposed to be back in November, early November, um, and once he comes back, then it's just another name to the mix. But I think he has a really good shot at taking the lead back if Sermon and Mitchell are still relatively unproductive. So, yeah, uh, just to throw another wrench in there. But um, the receivers, Debo Samuel, he's the man. You're starting him. Um, Jeff uh, George Kittle, Jeff Kittle's his brother. Um <laughs> Uh, you're starting George Kittle if he's good to go. Uh, what about Brandon Ayuk? Um, at this point, I'm like, he's almost uh, worthy of being like droppable for me. Yeah, I was gonna say no thanks. I, I'm not really on the Brandon Ayuk train, and Debo Samuel is the only one that's uh, probably for the rest of the year really gonna be a consistent San Francisco fantasy football player. Yeah, I'm, I'm done with Ayuk. Um, he had like that one game we thought, oh, maybe you know he's out of the doghouse, he'll come back. And then last week was you know another yeah. just absolute turd of a game. So I'm I'm off the IU train. And obviously you're starting George Kittle if he's good to go because you probably drafted him in the third round. Right. Um, but Arizona is the third best defense against tight end so far this year. So I would not be looking to get much production out of George Kittle this week. I feel bad for anybody who drafted George Kittle high because it is not a good year for George Kittle managers. Yeah, I you know. Um, I would. You're, I think you still start George Kittle, though, right? You're saying you wouldn't. Start? Oh no, 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 no! You have to start him based on where you, on where you drafted him. Like you don't have a choice. But I'm just saying temper expectations. I'm thinking that he probably comes in less than ten points unless he gets a touchdown somewhere. But uh, based off of catches and yards, he's coming in under ten points. Uh, he's already underproducing. Now he's playing a defense as good against tight ends. So right. just definitely trending downward, but like you know, with ADP, you have to start someone at this point in the season. Um, on the Arizona side, you're obviously starting Kyler Murray. Uh, DeAndre is supposed to be back and good to go, I think. Right, hundred um, percent. So, what about the other options? Um, you know, is Christian Kirk, AJ Green, Rondell Moore? Any of them you're starting? Any of them you're you're giving up on or dropping? What are you guys' thoughts? Well, I don't think you can give up on any of them. Okay, um, they're all going to produce one week or the other. Um, at this point in this in this season, and the way that this offense is running, especially if you're in deep, if you're in like a deep fourteen or sixteen team league, I think you're starting all of them. Um, I think you're starting both running backs too. I think you're starting Chase Edmonds and James Conner. I don't. I mean, obviously, in deep leagues, you're going to have to because it's thinner. But they all have the potential to boom every week. And, you know, why not get a taste of that? Obviously, there's going to be games that they aren't great. Or one of them's not great. Or the other one is. Whatever it may be. There's going to be games where, like, they all have good games. And I want them on my starting line- lineup when that happens. Yeah, I, I can agree with that because the Cardinals' offense is so good. But out of those three receivers between A.J. Green, Christian Kirk, and Rondo Moore... I would take Rondo Moore out of those three for the end of the rest of the year. Kirk, uh, Christian Kirk being a close second, and I just feel like AJ Green is going to be like a really sporadic player for you. 
But so far, AJ Green's been the most productive out of those three, and the most consistent. Yeah, uh, I know. I've honestly, I felt the same way the entire season so far too. But he has gotten six targets every game, like literally six, 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 six. Yeah, like, and he's the one who's going to produce week in and week out, uh, like more more consistently. He's less of a boomer bust player than the other two are. Um, so I think you know, as a high floor player, I'd rather have AJ Green. Yeah, for me, I'm thinking the only other receiver you can start right now is AJ Green, because you kind of know what you're going to get out of him. So. I mean, if you want a huge boom or bust option, yeah, then maybe go for one of the other two. But uh, I would, I would start AJ Green over both of the other two. But that's just me. <laughs> um, one point on the running backs, um, something I found that was kind of interesting. Um, so running backs, uh, most RB one and RB two games this season. Chase Edmund, Ed, Edmonds leads the NFL with four. Um, the rest are like tied at three, uh, like Austin Eckler, um, Derrick Henry, Zeke Elliott, Najee Harris, Cordell Patterson, DeAndre Swift, Montgomery, Henderson, Hunt, Carson, Moss. They've all had three RB1 or RB2 games, while Chase Edmonds has had four. So I think Chase Edmonds gives you a really nice floor. Um, and you can definitely start him. He's a must start. Yeah. Actually. The only thing Chase Edmonds isn't doing is scoring touchdowns. Right. Um, other than that, like when even in the games he's had poor rushing cap, you know, uh, uh, stats, he's had great receiving stats. Yeah. Like he's just one of those players that like he should be your starting running back week in and week out. Um, and then I think that makes James Conner a flex play most weeks because he's an absolute touchdown vulture. <laughs> yeah, yeah. By definition. Um, that pretty much does it for both those teams, right? Uh, so moving on to the Buffalo Bills taking on the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, Kansas City Chiefs are two and a half point favorites right now. The over under is set at fifty seven. Uh, so expected to be a high scoring game. Um, are there any pieces you're not starting on either side? I'd be kind of sketched out on Buffalo if if you start like getting to like the the fringe players. Um, Emmanuel Sanders, I feel like you'd still start him, but like this week seems kind of weird just because uh, the defense they're playing is is a lot better than people would think, and it's supposed to be like a high scoring game. But as far as like fantasy points goes, they're not really allowing that much. So I, I would definitely like keep an eye on like Emmanuel Sanders. I as a flex, you'd still start him, but it might be lesser production than usual. I don't know. I kind of disagree here. I mean, Kansas City gives up a lot of fancy points. Um, it's kind of a uh, crazy thing, but like, I mean, they're 28th against running backs. I think this, this is going to be a high scoring game. Um, so I think you're going to be able to count on Zach Moss. He's starting to separate himself from De- Devin Singletary in terms of production, even though they are getting similar uh, rushing attempts. Um, Zach Moss just seems to be pulling away that way. But with a high-scoring game, I think I'm comfortable starting, obviously, Stephon Diggs. But I'm comfortable starting Emmanuel Sanders uh, and uh, our PPR magnet. And uh, help me out, guys. What are you talking oh, about? Cole Beasley. Cole oh. Beasley, thank you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> our PPR magnet, reading. Cole Beasley, yeah. <laughs> totally totally blank there. But, yeah, I'm willing to start all three of them, honestly. Yeah. Um for me, the only thing else I would touch on on the Buffalo side is Dawson Knox. Uh, I think he's 
getting into like almost a must start territory at the tight end position. Um, if you don't have, you know, one of the top five or six tight ends, um, Dawson Knox is really kind of evolving into this offense. And I think, um, you're get you're going to get more of like the red zone targets, um, from him than someone like Emmanuel Sanders or Cole Beasley. So, um, I like Dawson Knox. I think he's a start this week. Um, on the Kansas City side, um, Buffalo's been pretty great on defense so far this year. Uh, they're first against quarterbacks, fourth against running backs, first against receivers, and fifth against tight ends on the year so far. Does that make you hesitant starting any of the Chiefs' weapons? The only one I'm hesitant on is Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Uh, I'm still starting Pat- Patty Mahomes. Still starting Tyreek. You're still starting Travis Kelsey. That's not a question. They're still gonna, probably still going to produce. Um, I think we all expect this to be a high-scoring game, um, regardless of how good the Bills' defense has been. Um, it's one of those things that like you can't count out the Chiefs' offense against. Doesn't matter who they're playing. You know, give me the 85 Bears. I'm going to probably lean towards Kansas City putting up some points. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, I'm curious, honestly, with Josh Gordon being on the team now, like the 53-man roster, obviously he's not going to have like a fantasy impact. But like, let's just say Demarcus Robinson gets injured or Miko Hardman. Like, do you think Josh Gordon really might potentially ever see like the field and make an impact? I think they might throw a couple targets his way. Maybe not this week, but, well, maybe this week, um, depending on game script. But, um yeah, I mean, he's definitely not a startable option at this point um, yet. But they signed him for a reason, right? They want to they wanna see what he has, so eventually they're going to. Yeah, I mean, the only thing is that, like, he's coming off, what, his, like, sixth suspension. Um, he's had one really good year when he was an all-pro, led the, re- the league in receiving in only 12 games, which is insane. Everyone knows the type of production he can have. Um, at this point, though, he's, what, 32 and has barely played in six years. Mm-hmm. So I'm just – I don't really want any part of that fantasy-wise. Um, if someone else really wants to go for it, I think I'm going to let them at this point. I mean, right now he's you know last, last on the depth chart, which is receiver like six. Um, and if you're going to put that really in perspective, that means it's really like receiver seven because of Travis Kelsey. So – I don't want anything about to do with Josh Josh Gordon in the future or this year. I think he might have one good game at some point this year. I'm not trying to bank on when that's going to happen. Yeah, I think uh, I I agree. Um, going back to Clyde though, real quick, couple of hundred yard games in a row. Um, but Buffalo is pretty tough against running backs, so. We've kind of seen this in the past from Clyde where it's it's a little inconsistent. Um, and I think this is one of those games where he might come back down. You know, we saw against Baltimore, who's pretty good against the run, and then we saw it against Cleveland uh, the first two weeks. Um, he struggled. And so, you know, maybe the offensive line is figuring it out. But, yeah, I kind of agree, Tyler, I would – Oh, maybe hesitate to start Clyde this week. Like, if you had to choose between Chase Edmonds or Clyde Edwards-Alaire, who are you starting? I'm sorry, Chase Edmonds. It's not even a question. Yeah, okay, me too. 
<laughs> I mean, the one thing, like, with Clyde and his ADP, you're probably having to start him because, like, who are you really going to have that's better? What about Zach Moss or Clyde Edwards-Alaire? I'd prefer Zach Moss. It's a better matchup. And uh, as I said, I mean, I'm a Zach Moss, like, dude. I've been on him all year. I was kind of on him last year, too. I think he's just the better running back in that situation, the you know, Buffalo backfield. And I think he just continues to show that he, he is that, even though they're both getting, you know, 14 carries a game. You know, he's doubling the production that Devin Singletary is. Would you have a different opinion, Trey? You, you agree? I, I'm totally on board with that. I'm not liking Clyde this week what at all. What about um, Trey Sermon over Clyde? Would you go that far? Clyde, yeah. Clyde over Trey Sermon. Yeah, I mean, Trey Sermon, the one thing was, you know, it's a complete committee. Um, if Mitchell's there, it's, you know, even muddier. With Mitchell not, then he can still lose touches to – you know, Debo or Ayuk running the ball. It can happen that way. check is obviously always there. At least Clyde, you're going to have consistent, you know, touches available for him. Leonard Fournette over Clyde? Yes. Yeah, that's a close one. I honestly will say yes, too. Damien Harris over Clyde? Okay, now we're setting your roster. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I I just I'm just curious because Clyde is such a question mark, you know. So I don't know. Clyde over Damian Harris, if you want the answer. Yeah, I think so too. Um, Indianapolis Colts taking on the Baltimore Ravens on Monday Night Football. Ravens are seven point favorites. Over under is forty eight points. Um, looks like Latavius is now the lead back in Baltimore. Um, I guess the Tyson Williams project is over. Um, how you guys feel about this one? I feel good about Latavius Murray. I mean, we've talked about him before. Anytime he gets opportunities, he puts points up. Even when he was a backup to Alvin Kamara on the Saints, he, he was finishing above RB30 in fantasy leagues as the backup. So, I mean, now he has a chance to finally uh, be a lead back in one of the best rushing attacks in the league. So Latavius Murray is looking really good right now. Yeah, the thing I think with Baltimore, what they want out of their running back position is someone they know that's not going to fumble the ball and that can punch it in at the goal line. And I think that's what they feel like Latavius Murray gives them. Um, I think Harbaugh thinks you know giving Tyson Williams touches right now is a risk. Um versus giving someone like Latavius touches who you know is going to hold on the football and can punch in goal line carries. And I think that's all they want because, you know, um, Lamar Jackson's their (laughs) playmaker. He's their running back one that's going to get them down the field. Um, And Tyson just isn't what they need right now. Honestly, I think you can drop Tyson Williams going forward. Um, That's my opinion. Would you guys drop Tyson Williams? Yeah, I'm seeing him getting dropped in a lot of leagues. I um, I would hold on to him in a really deep league. That's the only time I would really hold on to him. I'm pretty much dropping him at this point. Uh, I think you could maybe stash him. Uh, you have guys, you know, Latavius Murray, if he gets hurt, then it goes back to Williams being the ball carrier because, like, you're not going to trust Devontae Freeman or Le'Veon Bell to do it. Neither one has been able to show it in, you know, multiple years. So I think I'm not going to drop him yet, but if he continues to be, like, you know, healthy scratches, then for sure. Uh, the receivers, Marquise Hollywood-Brown, go ahead and start. Um, outside of that, I think I'm going to wait and see on, like, Rashad Bateman, Miles um, Boykin. 
Um, yeah, I'm going to just wait and see on those guys. I think you keep them on your bench for now. Um, Mark Andrews starting. And he's still must-start territory for tight ends. He's, yep. he's getting used a lot, and there's no reason to sit him at all. Uh, what about the Colts side of the ball? Jonathan Taylor, you're starting. I mean, you probably have to. But this is not a good matchup. Right. Um, Baltimore's really tough against running backs. So I wouldn't expect a ton of production from him, but yes, you are starting him. Yeah, I think he's, you know, still a must start. Uh, yeah, I know. It's a tough matchup, but yeah, I think he's a must start. Um, Michael Pittman, the receivers, how do we feel about them? Michael Pittman's worthy of like a flex play if you really need it. The the targets are still there. They obviously know what they have in him, and they're trying to get him the ball. So it's just a matter of getting him the ball. Yeah, I agree. I mean, he's, you know, the last three weeks, 12, 12, and 8 targets. Uh, the product, you know, he's getting that, that target shot that you want to see. It gives him a high floor where I think he's certainly a flex play. Um, I don't think you need him. I don't think he's a receiver two yet, but solid flex play week in, week out at this point for him. Um, that pretty much does it for Indy. Unless, would you consider streaming Jack uh, Doyle right now or Moali Cox, given the fact that Ravens are the worst in the league um, against the tight end, or at least they're giving up the most fantasy points per game in the league to the tight end position? If I had to choose one, it'd be Moali Cox because he's the obvious red zone target between the two. And so if anyone's going to end up with a touchdown between those two, it's probably going to be Mo Alley-Cox. Yeah, and that's kind of what you're hoping for, right? All right, well, uh, let's get into our starts of the week and cap this thing off. So we'll start at the quarterback position. Um, Trey, you want to kick us off? I'm coming in hot with Sam Darnold. He's playing against the Eagles. Um, Sam Darnold obviously doesn't have much of a passing upside, even though he's putting up more passing yards than he ever has in his career. What's really keeping him afloat is his rushing touchdowns, and he, he just keeps producing. He's had one in the last three weeks, two in each of the last two weeks, and we, we keep preaching on this podcast. If you have a quarterback with rushing upside, it's it's really what you need, and he's going up against a pretty leaky Eagles defense that's allowing a bunch of points in the last couple of weeks, like 40-plus points in the last couple of weeks. So, yeah, I really like uh, I really like Sam Darnold. I don't see why he's not going to be scoring points against the Eagles. Yeah, I like Sam. Sam, I am. Tyler, who's your quarterback? Uh, so I'm dipping my toe back in that Thursday night game, three weeks in a row for me. Um, I'm going those Thursdays. I love Thursday night games. I feel like then. you do it just so you can watch it and be like, ah, that was my start of the week. I knew it. <laughs> I, knew it. Uh, I mean, it, it keeps working out, so why not, right? Yeah. Um, I'm going with Matthew Stafford. I mean, the Seahawks defense is terrible, as porous as it can be. Uh, they're giving up almost 300 yards a game uh, through the air. They have just terrible cornerbacks at this point they can't cover anybody and they're have a pass rush that is middle of the pack so it's just not you know giving the cornerbacks enough time to like really lock people in um it's just one of those games that Matt Stafford's gonna have a, he's just gonna have a good game yeah I think so too uh but my start of the week at quarterback is going to be Kirk Cousins um pretty bad mediocre week last week but i think he has a big bounce back game against a bad defense in detroit 
Um, he's had 20 plus fantasy points three out of the last four weeks, and I'm guaranteeing you he gets 20 plus this week. So that's my guy. Uh, at running back, um, he's not my guy. Like I'm a fan, but he's my guy this week <laughs> against Detroit. <laughs> okay, I gotta stay true to my roots here. Uh, Trey, who's your running back start of the week? Well, we were just talking about him. I really like Latavius Murray against the Colts. Um, he's in the best rushing attack in the league, and he's taking over all the carries in the backfield. So I think Latavius Murray is a must-start this week against the Colts. All right. Tyler? Going back to my boy, Zach Moss, man. <laughs> um, I've been preaching this. I feel like I've been doing this for a couple weeks now. Um, but he's just is still outproducing Devin Singletary. He's playing more snaps. Uh, he's getting, you know, anywhere between like 10 and 12 more snaps than now. They're getting the same amount of carries, but Zach Moss is just producing more. He's scoring touchdowns. Uh, when they're the goal line, he's definitely the, the go-to guy there. He's just, it's too easy. Not to mention he's playing in Kansas City, who is about as bad against running backs as you could possibly be. Um, so I just think Zach Moss has another big game. And I just want to point out real quick, when we're doing our starts of the week, we're not picking like super obvious players, um, clearly, because that doesn't really help you guys. You know to start Derrick Henry and you know the rest of the stud running backs. So um, we like to kind of pick guys that we think are going to have a big week. Um, but anyways, I mean, as I say that, this guy's kind of getting into the obvious territory, but running back Daryl Henderson going to be my start of the week. He had 90% of the snaps last week. Um, I'm not worried about him playing this week, really, because uh, McVay said it'll be all hands on deck for Thursday when he was asked about availability, and and he played last week. So I think um, he should be good to go. Last week he had 19 total touches for a total of 116 yards, while Sony Michelle only had three snaps last week. Um, so yeah, I think Henderson's really, you know, a true workhorse, which were, you know, are pretty rare these days. And he's going up against uh, a weak defense. You know, Seattle's giving up 24 points, uh, fantasy points a week to the running back position, which is the third worst in the NFL. Um, Daryl Henderson is, um, easily a strong RB two at this point for me and going forward. Uh, wide receiver position, Trey, who you got? I got LaVisca Chenault going against the Titans. Um, I really like him with uh, DJ Shark out and Trevor Lawrence finally looking like he isn't like the worst quarterback in the league, just one of the worst quarterbacks probably now. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I really like LaVisca Chenault. He's been getting a lot of touches anyways, and now DJ Shark's out. So I just feel like it's going to increase a little bit more, and uh, he's just bound to put up points. Uh, Tyler, receiver. Uh, yeah, I'm going to uh, Corey Davis for the Jets. I know there's a little concern with Jameson Crowder being there and you know taking away a bunch of his target share, but he's still going to be the deep play guy in this offense for sure. Um, and it's just going to be one of the things I think he has such a good rapport at this point with Zach Wilson that he's going to continue to produce week in and week out. Not to mention he's playing a really awful Atlanta defense who's actually really bad pat. Uh, rushing passer only seven sacks so far in the year that means Zach Wilson is going to have a lot of time behind the pocket to if need be scramble around you know broken plays that's going to lean towards Corey Davis for sure 
Yeah, and I'm going to go with someone that kind of hurts me as a Packers fan, but uh, Jamar Chase this week is my receiver with Jair Alexander being out uh, out for sure on Sunday. Could miss um, uh, more time if they if he has to get surgery. It could be season ending. So, But anyways, for this week, Jamar Chase, I think there's a really, really good shot of him getting in the end zone. <clears throat> right now he's eighth in the league in air. Uh, yard percentage, uh, which is just the percentage of a team's air yards that a player commands. Um, so he's getting a lot of looks downfield, um, which you like to see in, in your your flexes especially, but also your receivers obviously. Um, and he's making the most of it. He's getting in the end zone and he's scoring. So I think he's a really safe bet to have a big game. Uh, look, the Packers are going to rely on Kevin King and, you know, Eric Stokes has shown promise, but he's still a rookie. So, yeah, going to be tough uh, for them to shut down Jamar Chase. Uh, what about the tight end position, Trey? Who do you like? I'm going with Jasicki one more time. Or Gusicki? Is it Ja or Ga? My Ga? I don't know. You tell us. My he's your Jusicki. favorite player. Yeah, well, I'm going with him again. <laughs> Ever since Brissett's been in, Brissett's been targeting him a bunch. He is he's a Gusicki. Is it, is it Gasicki? I don't know. But ever since Brissett took over, he has uh, 18 targets, 15 catches, 143 yards, and one touchdown. And Brissett obviously likes him. Oh, it seems like Waddle's out of the picture. He just likes Gasicki uh, for the most part. Um, it, he just seems like a must start for me with Brissett in the game. Uh, yeah, I'm. I mean, it's a great pick. I'm going with Dalton Schultz. Uh, he's clearly becoming the tight end number one over in Dallas, which is a you know a large passing offense. La- he's had 15 targets the last two weeks, including eight last week, which actually paced the team, a team that has CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper on it, and Dalton Schultz had more targets than them both. So not to mention he's had three touchdowns in the last two weeks. He just seems like he's becoming a bigger factor of this offense. And on top of that, the Giants are giving up 18 points a game to tight ends so far this year. Uh, Dalton Schultz is almost guaranteed a touchdown this one. Yeah, I, I love the usage um, Dalton Schultz is getting. Um, I think you know if one, if a, one of those tight ends can be over uh, consistent overall, it's just going to be so valuable for fantasy football. Um, and it looks like it's going to be Schultz. Uh, my tight end of the week is going to be Dawson Knox, Buffalo Bills tight end. We just talked about a little bit earlier. But in the last three weeks, he's played 83, 78, and 81% of snaps, which obviously is a big jump from his 56% snap share in week one. He's really kind of establishing himself as part of this air attack, um, especially in the red zone. Eight targets last week. And really the same argument we've had for Emmanuel Sanders can be said about Dawson Knox, uh, which is that you know the Bills need a second weapon um, in this passing attack, his teams are scheming to stop digs. Um, so there's plenty of opportunity and room for someone to emerge. And I think Dawson Knox is going to be that guy in the red zone. So, and that's really what you want out of your tight end is, is someone who's going to get red zone looks. Um, and I think he's that guy. So yeah, Dawson Knox is my start of the week at tight end. That's three really good tight ends, honestly. I feel like we all sold all those guys pretty well. Like All three of those guys pretty much guaranteed at like 10-plus points. Yeah, I think it's the you know the opportunity, right? That's what you're looking for in the, the tight end position. Um, 
and it's going to be hit or miss all the time with tight ends unless you have Travis Kelsey, Darren Waller. But but these guys show promise. So uh, that's about all you can ask for. Um, that'll wrap it up for us uh, in our matchup show. Um, make sure you give us a follow at the FF Fathers on Twitter. Uh, give us a like, maybe a little notification bell if you're feeling frisky. Um, we 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 appreciate the love and and uh, the listens. So, uh, good luck this weekend. We'll be back next Tuesday morning with the waiver wire show. We know we missed you this week. That's on me. James. So uh, next week we will have a waiver wire show for you um, and here on out every Tuesday. So uh, make sure you keep your eyes peeled for that. But good luck. Have a great weekend. And uh, we are the fathers. (laughs) Deuces. (laughs) Have a good one, folks.